I'm Lauren. Welcome to Burf Bar. Sounded right on my end. Yep. It always Welcome does. back to another uh, superb and excellent uh, edition of Burf Barf, where both of my dogs are freaking out because there's a cat in a tree in my backyard. And the only reason why I ever pick up my office or change my clothes or bathe. I didn't do, I didn't do any of that. Um, let's start with what's in your drink. What's in your drink. What's in your drink. You have a giant glass of wine, which this I know. my biggest tablet. It's remarkable to me. I feel like all hydration vessels should be as overblown sized as that. I have two extraordinarily large vessels. You know what I mean? What? I have a little red wine. I have a lot of water. What you got? I have uh, Nalgene of water and a Kroger generic uh, sparkling water beverage. I should clarify, it's not the cool seltzer that everyone drinks. It's the stuff that tastes like sparkly crystal light, you know, because I have to have the cool lady mm -hmm. version of everything because yes, I do. have the palate of a Annie year old. Yes, you do. <laughs> you do. I embrace this. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. We've got um, some thanks. Some major thanks to some major babes to dole out. It's just, the, this group just co continues to show up uh, for us supporting in so many ways. And uh, two additional members became Patreons. So welcome to the Burf Barf Club, Clarissa and Ashley. Uh, we adore you. And I mean, just nonstop. Think about you nonstop. Just think about you nonstop. Nonstop. <laughs> nonstop. I have your name written on my forearm. Both of you. <laughs> I've gotten, uh, I've recently reconnected with some of these babes. And I think I've terrified my husband with the sheer level of joy and excitement that I have received just from talking to them. Like you're uh, fresh back from summer camp, I would imagine. That yeah. level. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like plus three shots of espresso. Um, it, it's a lot for him to take because at some point I just vibrate until my eyes are super wide and he's like, Shh, you're okay. You're okay. I'm like, but I have new friends. Here's your weighted blanket. Let me yeah. just swaddle I know. you. I can't, you know, I, I'm always excited about new friends, but in a year where I can't be around a lot of new people, when I get to connect in any way with new friends, I do just sort of vibrate out of my chair with sheer happiness. So... Welcome, and we love you so much. You know, I've been thinking a lot about uh, women in our adventures and the arenas that we adventure in, and I think this has always been important to us, is encouraging women to show up to more things and to do harder things and to show up in these places where you and I are one of a handful of women. Um, yes. And I think the... In particular, the Southern Ohio Trail Sisters group, it just embodies a lot of those things of uh, high uh, a rise in the tide raises all ships, that idea of mm -hmm. showing up and they just continue to put themselves farther and farther out there. Yeah. Um, which yeah. Is awesome. It's awesome to see that. Yeah, we've been having a lot of active conversations with that group and some other groups actually, just about like, what does it take to remove the barrier, which we've talked about in a lot of different ways. We've talked about 
Um, what does it take to remove the barrier for people of color to join us at the, at the start line? What does it take to remove the barrier for people with disabilities to join us at the start line? And we sort of have to take time to look at all of these individually, because like we're always trying to be um, as intersectional as we can here at Burf Barf headquarters. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but the thing that we kind of want to focus on, particularly today, is entry to the sport for women, which we've talked about a lot and I don't think will ever be done. No. Until we see equal numbers at the start lines and equal numbers of women represented in, in, you know, in race media and like photographs about our races. Um, and I was actually talking to my friend, uh, Fluff Jessica, which is what I'm calling you now, about this. And I think what something that we sort of focused in on was that like the thing that you kind of have to do is it has to be super individual. Like it has to be like the handholding to be like, you are coming with me. And that's what it took for me personally to get into a lot of sports. Like Kristen Arnold, who is a pro bike racer and a nutritionist, she like practically physically took me to my first mountain bike race. She was just like, here's what it's going to be like. It's going to be scary, but also lots of fun. I need you to try it. Like come physically with me. I will drive you in my car you can borrow a bike. Like, so sometimes the, you know, the barrier that has to get broken down is the fear. And the way that you subside that fear for some, someone is to physically like be their buddy and take them and like break it down for them about like what it's going to be like. And I don't think it's unreasonable that it be done one person at a time. We're such a small community as far as ultra running in Ohio is concerned. If, if all the women who tow the line did that for one other person, we would be so much closer to gender parity in one year. So it's just about being active and like, and, and just picking a new buddy, I think. Yeah, inadvertently, you know, that's what uh, birth is about, right? Getting uh, your best running friend and, and getting mm -hmm. a best running friend and taking them to these things with you. We should make yeah. this, we should make 2021 the year of the plus one. Like yeah. if you're a female attending a thing, bring a plus bring a one. Plus one. Bring a female I'm plus one. So into that, I love yeah. that idea. Yeah, and I think kind of similar to what you just said, as far as like barriers, you know, having somebody take you almost like a concierge service and really <laughs> breaking down that barrier. Part of it for me is changing people's opinion about what is for them and what is for someone else. I feel like a lot of times my impression is that a lot of women feel like that's a thing that other people do. Like in my, in my other friend groups, I feel like that's just, you know, it's like, oh, that's a thing that Annie does, or those are things that Annie mm -hmm. and Lauren do. Mm -hmm. There is nothing extraordinary about either one of us. No. Nothing. No. You can say like, oh, you're gritty or whatever. You have good no. mental forward. To no. No. There's nothing extraordinary about Lauren or I. No. Nothing. We have, we have just found that there are these hard things that we can go out and do mm -hmm. and so can you yeah we're, we're not born speed athletes we're not like born to be fast famous runners we're just people who decided we like something and then tried really hard at it and that's the only thing that separates you from the thing desire and if you already want to do it, even just like a little bit, like a little tiny grain of rice, part of you is like, 
maybe like maybe you can't even get yourself to say the whole mm-hmm. sentence in your head maybe mm-hmm. you can't even get yourself to say the whole sentence of like maybe i could run an ultra or maybe i could do an adventure race even if you can't bring yourself to in your own monologue to say that full sentence and you just have that maybe that's enough mm-hmm. yeah that's i mean enough. i actively didn't want to run ultras actively Desired not to, and and my birth still Probably. got me too. <laughs> I was like, no, that doesn't sound fun, and I hate it. I will train with you, but I don't like that idea, and that sounds terrible. And you were like, yeah, that's cool, but you're signed up for the 50k. Yeah, because you had you had that little bit of, and I've seen this play out for you a million times. You have that little bit where the thing that comes out of your mouth is, no, I don't want to do that, mm-hmm. and the thing that's actually in there, deep buried under all that other stuff, is. Yeah, I was actually, as usual, investigating this this notion is like, do I only do hard things because my friends will be there? (laughs) And to a degree, that is definitely it. But like, that's what gets me there. And what keeps me there is the desire to push myself. Like, I don't stay at, you know, Ohio's backyard ultra course because of friendship. Like, I keep gritting it out to see what I can do which is, turns out, 41.67 miles, which is not my intention. So this is really funny to me because I feel like this is uh, kind of a tangent of what we're talking about, but um, can you think of like a recent example that maybe there was a thing that you hadn't originally intended on doing that maybe you've been convinced by others Hmm. to now participate in? I don't know what you're talking about other than maybe you're talking about Ohio's Backyard Ultra 2021. Is that it? Yeah, yeah that's it. <laughs> I, I can only get stoked about things if other people are stoked about them. Unless, unless I have a vengeance race. And then I can be stoked completely with my own fire. But yes. What, what started the sort of the match was what that... Was? What happened was that I heard... A little bird said that there were only 16 women signed up for Ohio's Backyard Ultra and there are 88 men signed up for it. It is full and there is a wait list. But I was like, oh, that is some garbage. And I know straight from the horse's mouth that that is not the intention of the race director. I mean, we, we have spoken to Michael Owen in the past personally about his desire to get women into the sport, get women to toe the line. So, you know, it's not for lack of trying or, you know, intentionality, like it's definitely there, but it's still really challenging. And that onus is not just on RDs to work towards gender parity. Like these are community efforts. I think a community has to decide as a whole that getting, that getting more women and other uh, groups to participate in things, it has to be a group community effort. Like it needs to be important. It's the culture of the sport. It's about shifting the culture of the sport. So that kind of made me like mad and stoked and some weird combination of all of those things. And so um, I got on the wait list for OBU and we'll see how that goes because I <laughs> actually do. Because you loved it last it. time. <laughs> oh, I really remember loving it. Yeah, I do. I do. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mentioned after Sheltui that like I felt like I was trying to hold on to how fucking hard that effort mm-hmm. was and how mm-hmm. terrible some of those spots were. And it was just like spilling, it was just like falling through my fingers. And I was like, oh, oh no, I was only left holding the enchanting moments. And I was like, oh, oh no. This is not my intention. Where did all the shittiness go? That's not my problem. I'm still holding two full melons of shittiness in my hands. <laughs> full of shit. Two full hands of shittiness. I don't remember anything good or fun other than seeing Troy. Uh, I remember it being a hard, bad course with too much elevation. I remember it being not a great temperature. I remember her not liking getting my food. I remember nothing good whatsoever. So it's not like I have forgotten how uncomfortable that race is, but I think I'm hoping that somewhere in between the combination of focused and hard training and the woo-woo of my, of my women friends that like, sometimes you get a day, you know, or a couple days or a couple days. <laughs> um, my tentative goal is to make it to the road. Okay. 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 That's my goal is to make it to the road because that seems so difficult to me. I would like to throw a, a farther flag for myself, but I know what this course is like and I have to be realistic. Like I'd love to go a hundred miles. I would love to. I would love to go a hundred miles. I can't and, the, I just said and I'm that. sorry. <laughs> and I'm sorry. The reason I made a face and I realized we're on a podcast and I'm doing a lot of nonverbal cues. And I think uh, this was encouraging to other women that <laughs> Ohio backyard this year. So I'll say it again. If you make it to the road, then it's like the 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 fifty miles on the road is like it's almost no big given. deal. It's yeah. no big deal. You're yes. still on the leaderboard for women who have gone the farthest on the course. It's only in the second year. Give it time. I hope to be off there by the end of this by the, the end third, of this next event. It'll be the third year. But yeah. 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 I mean, I'd like to make it to the road. I'm going to have to buy some hokas or some garbage like that so that I've got yeah. marshmallow shoes. I Get you your clown them. shoes. Yeah. I'm going to need some giant boats. And I'm also going to like, if I make it to the road, which I'd like to, I'd like to employ all weird strategies like pantsless running, loud music, if, if people can tolerate it, uh, costumes, bizarre foods. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. A crown. Lauren Kraft's tour of curries. Lauren Kraft's hungry tour of squat spots. Yeah. Well, come along on a 50 mile journey, but stand in front because if you don't, you'll regret your life. Just a tour of of curry farts. No, I was thinking more like, like dressing as the Statue of Liberty and eating go-gurt. Like, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's great. You know, you have to budget the time in for that. So, you know, but yeah. I will. But you have more time when you're on the road, right? Yeah, for sure. You absolutely okay. do. Oh, man. It's exciting. It's exciting and, and daunting at the same time. It's it, frankly, it, I'm just thrilled to have a goal because it's been, you know, I had the goal of BFC, which I definitely, I trained medium hard for. I, I wasn't a perfect instrument, but like I had something to look forward to. And, I, and I've and i just been like looking at winter 5Ks, feeling like, mm, 
That doesn't sound like very much fun to me. But also, if all things go as planned, like this, this would be not just a combination of like toughness and women friends woo woo, but it would also potentially be the ushering in of some normalcy, right? Like, I'm not mm-hmm. saying all of us will have a vaccine by that time, but mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I, I hope by March that there have been indications that the light is at the end of the tunnel and it's not yeah. a train. So like, yeah. I mean, I also fit into two of the five categories for early vaccination. I just haven't decided ethically if I should employ that because there are people who will probably need it more than me. Sure. But I'm an essential, I will be an essential worker and I have a lung disease. So that qualifies me to get further up in the line, but I'm also asymptomatic. So I don't know if maybe I'll just feel like I'll wait like the rest of the plebes. Sure. And who knows what, who knows what'll happen? I mean, honestly, we could circle back on this in a month and be like, oh, they found bajillion (laughs) vaccine doses under a mountain. We're good. Silly (laughs) girls. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But it's, it's cool to have something to do and do it hard as possible. But there will be a punctuation of hard between now and then. Because we're going to start training. For Shopalope. We've mentioned this before. Shopalope is one of our marquee events of the year, I would say. Last year, you couldn't come, Lauren, um, but and you were sorely missed. I replaced you with Laura Calm twice for one year. It worked That's wonderfully. That's a fine fact simile, frankly. Yeah, definitely. Enthusiasm-wise. Yeah, Absolutely. So uh, that will be happening in February, and Shoplope is a uh, a Berkeley inspired. I don't I don't even feel like that's probably the best description of it anymore. But um, it's a combination off trail book finding event um, put on by a dear friend, um, and has lots of lots of climbing and route finding, and just is one of our favorite walking impossible things that we do each year um you know and we're still the women to have gone the farthest on the course yes because we are the only women to have started a second loop which we have done twice and failed yes yes we got one book three three years ago two Uh years ago we got lost and last year i wasn't there yep yep okay so we are as we're finding ourselves more and more in these spots, we've burrowed into these niche holes where there are few people doing this thing to begin with and even fewer women. So I, you know, our goal as it has been every year is to do two loops two and loops. be the first women to do two loops. And, and then I can again this year. go another circle in the patch on my jean jacket, which is just basically all I live for that's in the it. whole world. Yeah, that's it. Patches. Patches, patches and buckles sometimes, even though t-shirts for me have moved ahead of buckles. I think it's the virtual race thing of this year, but you know. Really? Yeah. I've been living in pajamas, so t-shirts are more and oh. more important. I did like divest all of my drawers of what we'll call blouses. <laughs> and then I just boxed all of them up and put them in a dark corner of my house so that I could perfectly line up just rainbow perfectly folded rainbow of race shirts. And that's all I do. That's all I wear every single day. And then I put a silk scarf over it. So it'll look like a boss. Oh yeah. Super cute. That's all I do. Could you just say blouses again? Blouses. 
Watch those plosives. I have a question thought for you and it's something that I'm not sure how I feel about in my own mind. I find Ooh. myself drawn sure, I have to a doing... very strong opinion about it that you won't like. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, maybe not. Maybe. <laughs> front to back, back to front. No. Um... <laughs> oh, the horror. Uh, I was looking at brush my hair from front to the back. Yeah, there you go. I only brush forward. Yeah. Um, I find myself drawn to these things that are niche things and that other people don't want to do. Like the, the less people want to do them in general, the more drawn I am to them. How I find myself thinking about being a female pioneer on some of these things, like with Shell Tui, like it's, it is and was thrilling to me to be the first female FKT holder. And honestly, I don't know if the poll would have been as strong if there was already a female mm. FKT record there. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, wanting there to be a full FKT board of female mm -hmm. efforts on this really challenging thing. And, you know, I think we felt that, that before a little bit with orienteering where it's like, I want more women here, but it's pretty cool to get second when I don't yeah. know what the fuck I'm doing. Okay. I do know. Yeah, I do know this. I'm intensely entangled with this feeling because it reminds me of a time when I won a mountain bike race at Vultures Knob and I was like, I beat the next girl by 45 minutes. But I realized it's because I had two other women in my field. So while I have celebrated the joys of many wins because there were so such small fields, I think that you can do both. I think you can celebrate your own successes because you're in an environment that is already difficult for women to show up to, but also desire better, stronger competition. That's a hard line for me to walk because I, I mean, you know me, jingle jangle. I'm a metal whore. I want them all. I want to win all the races. Uh, but I also genuinely want to see other women like running and smiling alongside me and like just being stoked to do the outdoor thing. So I, I feel that it's, it's difficult, but I, th I think you can definitely do both. You can be like, boss, we're being out here, but also come along. Come with yeah. me. Yeah. I think that you're allowed to feel both of those feelings. I think they're totally valid. I, I think it's sort of surprising that in an, in, like that in a time in 2020, when we feel like, oh, women have done so much and we've moved forward in so many different ways. And then you think, okay, but have we actually, because we're still doing things that women aren't trying at all, which is shocking to me. I feel like I'm really lucky to have grown up in an environment where my family never let me think that being a girl was an inhibiting factor to trying something. Like it was not even on my radar. If I was like, I like football, they'd be like, yeah, you do. Cool. Play football. Here's a football. I mean, that, that's kind of boiling it down to some really old-fashioned gender stereotypes. But, like, there was nothing in my way because I was a girl in my, in my immediate world. But it, it still shows its face so much in outdoor sport that, like, it, there's so much more work to do. Because it's definitely, definitely not for lack of desire that women aren't at those places. There's no study that shows that women like to be outside less than men. It's all about fear and and not being like given that extra boost it has nothing to do with desire 
And, you know, part of it feels like to me, like systemically, it's not about, you know, how, if you were raised in, in, uh, normal gender stereotypes, like I grew up doing construction with my dad. Like, I mean, I, I, I did my first soldering before I was in fourth grade, like, and I still find that there are times that the easy route that shows up for women is the more stereotypical one. So in mm -hmm. order to do some of these things that we've done, we have to purposefully make a decision to pursue them rather than that being the automatic thing that happens, if that makes sense. So like, I feel like if I didn't pay attention and actively sought out opportunities, I would continue. And this is not to disparage any shorter races or anything at all, but I would continue to have run 5Ks and 10Ks. It takes me active at having actively gotten out of that stream to find these really challenging things to pursue. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe that's a place that we can make an impact is by continuing to present these opportunities for women to think about pursuing, because I think some of these challenging things are just not uh, known to a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd love to give a little bit of credit though. It pains me just a teeny bit to some of the men in my life in sport who have really like brought me into those environments and just been like, of course you can, of course you can do it. Of course you can do it. I mean, Chris Arndt is one of those people in my life who's just been like, if he saw a little bit of desire in me and was like, you should try all of this immediately and I will help you in any way to do it. But if I was going to give any guidance to men who have women in their lives that want to be in any kind of outdoor sport, it would be show, don't tell. Like, come, but don't like mansplain. Like, come see what we do. And like, if you need help, I'll give it to you. But like, don't, I won't be like, well, okay, so here's what you do. Like, here's what a bike is. Or like, you, those are the wrong shoes. Like, I would say show, don't tell is the best way to invite women into sport unless they ask you for direction on like how to do it, what gear to wear, and like methodology of the sport. Like, don't say anything other than come. Come with Absolutely. us. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, that speaks to the culture and community around a sport, right? Like it takes every one of us, male, female, like white, person of color, black, trans, cis, mm -hmm. not cis, like, mm -hmm. you know, to make an effort for everyone to feel welcome. Because like mm -hmm. we've talked about before with adventure racing, you know, the women in adventure racing initiatives is so purposeful in making it clear how welcome women are in adventure racing and being so blatant about it and not not it being like a I think this is a place where there's space for me it's like come women women to adventure yes. racing come yes. here yes <laughs> and I think we need to broadcast that message and all of the things that we're involved in yeah I think that like the sort of theme of that is like invite and then listen mm -hmm. like not just leave a door open but like open the door and call out <laughs> and then once people join you like listen to their, like invite their feedback immediately and then listen to their feedback because we cannot speak to the experience of a POC, of a trans person. Like we are cis white women. Like we, we are here to invite and listen. And I feel like that's kind of what men need to do if they're also inviting them into the sport. So it, I know that that can seem like a really difficult kind of like 
PC kind of tightrope act, but it's really not that complex. Like be humble, be inviting, and be ready to change. Like that's what we're all about in Birth Birth is like being ready to pivot given new information. Like if you tell us that we're doing something that you feel is offensive or you feel like impacts your community in some way that we're not thinking of, like we're here to constantly adapt to that. Like we're never saying that we know the answer. But oh, when no it, shit. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> but what we can speak to is the experience of being women in the sport. Sure. And, and that's where we can kind of guide like male race directors and, and other people who are like genuinely looking for more women to toe the line. Like that is something that we can speak to because we have, you know, seven, eight years experience in, you know, myriad outdoor sport. Yeah. Yeah. So 2021 year of the plus one. I love that theme. I love that theme. I think that's baller. I'm totally down with that. Um, you know, I wanted to mention something too, just thinking about like, uh, as we're thinking about barriers to sport and some of the endurance things that we do, um, it was super interesting and telling to me, um, speaking about my, uh, shelter, we experience with a group of friends and the takeaway from friends that are also themselves runner uh, runners, albeit not ultra runners, um, their, their, biggest thought around the difficulties of me doing Chaltui was being alone in the woods for that long. I heard that from so many people about you. And it's, you know, it's funny to think, not funny, but it, it's just interesting to think about, you know, uh, actually on the Ridge Runners live YouTube um, from last week where it was like the call-in show they were actually talking about one of the gentleman hosts was talking about you know when I go out for a run you know I have to worry about maybe getting uh, you know I I am there are things I worry about but I worry about like getting hurt on a run out by myself not that someone else is going to hurt me and all my female friends that's a constant thing that they're thinking about and I feel like that's an example of you know getting to a place where we can empower women to know like this is a safe space for you you know like I you know and I think that comes with experience and Mm -hmm. guidance from friends and mentors saying like Mm -hmm. you know it's okay to do a training run at Great Seal in the Dark like if you run into anyone it will be dear friends (laughs) yeah or dear or dear friends (laughs) yeah I mean, that noise is almost always a deer walking away from you, but it terrifies me every time. But I can't say that I am, I mean, like, I'm actually more comfortable on a trail at night alone than I am on the roads at night alone. I did my first night run. Yeah, I I haven't done a night run in my neighborhood, maybe in like years. And I went, I needed a streak squeaker on last Sunday. So I wore a headlamp and carried mace. And I had my headphones in and I was so panicked that I was getting heart rate reminders on my watch to like slow down. And I realized I just have to take both of my headphones out because I have to hear if there are footsteps behind me. Like that, if men don't hear those stories, maybe they don't believe them, but I have to tell them over and over again, because like, it sounds crazy to you. I am literally afraid for my life when I go running after dark. For my, I'm thinking about how I'm going to get raped and murdered. Like, that's my real life experience. That's not hyperbolic. That's not dramatic. That's my, my gut reaction to my 
for the stimuli around me is it's not safe for me to listen to rap music while I run because I might get killed. So that's the opposite point of the one you're trying to make, which is women should run at night. And I think I feel like these are important things to share because it's to me, I kind of feel like it's important for us to put these feelings and thoughts out there and let women know, let women know that we are feeling these same things mm-hmm. and we still go out and do this stuff. Yeah. And for men to know that this is a, a challenge or a barrier for some women entering into these outdoor adventures. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to share, I'll share a similar experience. Like th- this is not one of those things where you feel one way and I feel the opposite. Like we do on a lot of things. I went out on a run from my neighborhood a couple nights ago and happened to see a guy that I've seen around the neighborhood that kind of gives me the creeps. And I saw him at dark on the trail and uh, t- would turn my headlamp off and turn around to see if anybody was behind me, like mm-hmm. for the rest of my run home. And then a couple days later, unknowingly, I didn't know where this individual la- lives, unknowingly ran by his house. And I was like thinking like, oh my gosh, there's this weird person that I've now seen on two runs in a row, completely happenstance, not on purpose. Like what, you know, what if they misinterpret this? And like, God damn it. I'm still going to yeah. go on my runs from my na- yes. through my yeah. neighborhood Me and too. I'm still going to go too. in the dark. Um, but I'm going to take safety precautions. Is this like a shirtless guy who would lift weights on the bleachers? Yeah. Oh, he creeps yeah. me out. He's yeah. been around for years. Yeah. So, you know, I, and again, these are, these are, yeah. these this, are this things that we what we're dealing with every day. Yeah. I mean, the other day I was running, I have this eight and nine mile route that I love, even though it's, just shitty, shitty neighborhoods. It's just in my mind that it's, it's where I need to be. I don't know why. Um, but there was, there's a red SUV that followed me more than one day in a row that honks at me and slows down while I run to wave at me. And it's an older guy and he scares the crap out of me. And then I thought I should stop running predictable routes at the same time every day. I should either run in a different time or run in a different neighborhood every day, man. Yeah. I hate that crap. Like there's, I would expect that no one who listens to this podcast needs to hear this, but no women wants you to honk at them to tell them that you think they're hot or they're doing a good job. No women want you to honk at them. That makes them feel threatened and afraid. It doesn't make them feel cute and pumped up. It makes me immediately terrified plus anger. And I think these are examples, uh, these are additional examples of how you and I are not extraordinary. Like these feelings are not, these feelings and experiences are not unique to us. They're not, absolutely not. But we can still show up and do these things. Those phases are still for us. Nothing is going to get in the way. I mean, the thing that makes us a little bit different is that we're a teeny bit obsessed with what we do. So there's like not a lot that would get in the way. Like for me, I'm on, you know, close to 300 days of streaking and I'd rather chew my arm off than not run. <laughs> so there is a little teeny bit of a difference in that like, I mean, maybe 50% of birth barfers are as wackadoo as me and they just fucking have to run. Maybe. And, and I just don't like being told what to do. Even if it's by, no, if, even if it's from myself, even if myself is telling me like, 
maybe you sh this is not where you should be. And you know me with like new environments and stuff. I always run through that first. It's like, oh, well, mm -hmm. maybe this is not the sport or endeavor for me. As soon as myself has told myself that, I'm like, well, I'm not going to listen to yeah. me. Lean in harder. <laughs> Don't tell me what to do, me. Don't tell me what to do, me. <laughs> what else? Uh, so we've got Shope. You are training for Ohio's Backyard, which hilariously, oh. like, so Shope is, I think, eight weeks away, eight weeks away. Oh, and, Christ. And, yeah, and Ohio Backyard is how many weeks away? Well, you know, ish? Some. No, I can't read. It is. I can't You're read right. Good. You're right. It is some weeks away. Eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14-ish. You know what's funny? I what? remember because we've been talking about like our weekly miles in the old days. Mm -hmm. um, and I used to think about like training cycles being like six months minimum for Me too. anything. Me and now, too. I'm like, now I'm like nine weeks. I mean, I've got, you know, take out to, you know, a week and a half for tapering, you know, some <laughs> off days in there. Critical. I'm going to, I'm going to ramp, I'm going to ramp up to my mileage for a week. I've got, you know, I've got a month and a half. I have reframed in the same exact way. Cause I looked at an old training schedule and I realized this makes me feel bad about myself in a new way. I, I trained for O2-4 three years ago for six and a half months. Just that. And it was my goal to run a 112 miles on that day. And if you recall, I ran 62 and then I ate a sack of cheeseburgers yeah. and fell asleep. And that's when you guys bought your house, right? Like that was yeah. the- Yeah, that there were some other stressors. That but, was the year of learning like uh, stress is not just the training physical stress. All these other things get piled on too. Sure. But I was, it was one of those situations where like, I was a finely tuned machine that was perfectly trained exactly for that course. I had run like a 42 mile training run on, on an identical course at 10 and a half minute miles. Well, I'm going to try to do it again. I am like in, I just keep oscillating between these different versions of Annie. And I think it's the impact of pandemic and everything where like everything just like, just like hit super easily. So whether it's, you know, tipping from being super unmotivated to motivated, feeling uh, super like uh, hardcore and then just being like, I'm just like, you know, happiness, sadness, just tipping very quickly yes. between all these yes. things. Mm -hmm. uh, but I feel, I feel inklings of like hardcoreness coming back where I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah, I could, you know, it, you know, it would feel nice is just some regular grinding. Like I would just, yeah. yeah. It's so funny. My perspective on who you are as a human being still, even though I'm running every single day and you're, you're getting way back more in, intensely intense you're getting than I back am right into now. Running. When I think about showlope, I still think about like taking my care, my mental carabiner, latching it onto your butt crack and being like, wee, here we go. Like I'm not relying on my own strength or fortitude for showlope. I'm completely relying on you. I'm like, FKT woman, take me away. And it's funny because I just keep reaching into this imaginary pocket and pulling out Will 
you know, yes. and so far, each time I put my hand out and pull it out, it's, <laughs> it's still fine. there. It's it, still um, there. But yeah, one of these times, I'm going to reach my lamps. hand in and be like, oh, nope, no, you're not. Okay, no, I'm not. Not, not, not before soap lope, you're not, because not my carabiner will be on your butt crack. So come with the will. Fill your pockets before you go. Fill your pockets filled with will. I need I you that, to, I need you to have full pockets when you go in case mine are empty. I think that as long as I can get over the hump of beginning the second lap, I have no problem. So as long as I have mashed potatoes and whiskey, I don't give a fuck. Because you generally, and I hope I'm not like uh, calling you out too much. You generally don't like show. And by don't like, I mean like air quotes don't like, meaning <laughs> like how you no. don't like to run long distances, Mm-mm. you know. where I don't, I don't like it. I know you don't like I don't. I don't like it. I don't like Ohio's backyard and I don't like Shoplope and those are my two races for 2021. Mm-hmm. We it's so funny, like Shop is I think Shope is gonna feel extra surreal this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. I think it's just gonna be a combination of a lot of things that makes it feel the most unreal it has ever felt. I'm stoked to be powered by trash. I cannot wait to eat snowballs and like kettle chips for fucking 24 hours. That's all I want in this whole world. I am in. I am still recovering, and in uh, in oh yeah, you don't like food ways, right now. And yeah, in many right ways, now. I am still recovering from Sheltwee. But one of the things is eating like. I'm part part of the reason I'm in endurance sport is because I like an excuse to just eat, 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 eat. Um, You don't want that. And Sheltwee just has still left me like, and I think it's because I'm scared of the idea that after I go a couple hours at anything, nothing sounds good. Like that's the like fear spot I'm in where I'm like, it doesn't matter what food I have, what my nutrition is like, I won't want it after a while. And I'm just going to end up punching food down into my stomach. I don't know. I feel like we went slow enough two years ago that we were hungry all day and night. We'll see, though. We'll see. It might require going pretty fast in order to make that I, time cut I, off. That's I that's actually a pretty brutal pace for uphill climbs, but yeah. Yeah. You're going to say. Two loops. Two, two loops. loops. Two loops. Two loops. Two loops. So something I didn't realize is that I'm pretty sure that these photographs that we finally saw of our Athens sisterhood of the tribe and vaginas dressed up as the women of ultra running. Uh, two of those women, um, I believe Heidi and Ashley dressed up as us and swear to God, <laughs> when I looked at the hard style photo, it looks like us. Like it gave it me, goosebumps. like if I hold my phone like arm's length away from my face. I'm like, that's me. It's obviously me. It's like my exact pants, my exact socks. She's holding up Tailwind, which is, I love that the Tailwind and Banjo are the essence of LK. That makes me cry. And that tutus and hard trash and pink And a bang. And a can of bang. Unicorn bang. That's so fantastic. Um, But okay, what I didn't realize was I'm pretty sure that Ohio's Backyard Ultra got postponed. Yes. You November. Yeah. And that's what they're dressed up for. I'm almost sure. Like, this is what I'm gleaning from Strava. Is no, that right? I think Clarissa's 40th celebration oh, was a okay. separate event. Yes. Okay. But around I'm, the I'm same mashing, time. I'm mashing it all together. There's but just awesomeness anyway, to parse out. <laughs> it just, 
it just tickles me to my very core. And it also just like, it looks so much like us. I just can't stand it. Also, I never realized how much Jessica K actually looks like Courtney DeWalter. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild. That's crazy. Also, we've made it. Also, Once we made you have it. somebody dress up for you as Halloween, like, I, I think we can stop now. I we can, can stop. stop running. This is actually we our final episode. We can stop doing anything. We love you all. Goodbye. Good night. <laughs> Goodbye and good night. Good luck. Bye. And it also made me rethink about uh, my list of favorite things, which is being outside, Mm -hmm. physical activity, Mm -hmm. alcohol, and costumes. So that picture of them dressed up for Halloween, getting ready to do a physical activity thing outside, just really... Mm, That's almost everything. Amazing. Yeah. It's almost everything. To be a little bit drunk. I hope they drank a little. That would really just be the icing on the cake. I hope they did too. Well, that's it for me. I done dumped it all out, but I'm my my stoke level is increasing rapidly. So know that I am not in the darkness at all right now, and I would I'm like a, to bring you with me. I'm about to hook myself to the to the slingshot. So okay. like you are fully in sling. I am about to hook myself into the slingshot. Just put so your carabiner in my butt crack. I will take you there. Hand, but you can't yank too hard yet or I'll, I'll oh, drop it. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> that actually sounds like something you would do in real life. Yeah. I'm not gonna go. Not yet. Okay. Nope. It is. I, I, it I is. can it's, tell I can tell when the momentum is building. I'm almost there. I've thought more about like hopping on Kirby during my work days. I'm very, very close. Ooh. I'm very close. I've been but doing for- damn work. I'll get I'm gonna keep doing it. I know I've thought about uh, also incorporating some damn work, but Kirby might be the first go around. I'm also like, and I mentioned this, I'm still recovering from stuff for Shelter Wee. I had a 21 mile week last week and that might as well have been like a double back-to-back marathon weekend because eight miles felt like, uh, I was like, I've done it. I am a long distance runner again because I did eight miles. I was floored. I was like, what are we up to over there? But like, uh, after that run, my body was like, we did you a solid a while ago. Just take it easy. Like my, yeah. my poor knees, which I have not had any knee issue for quite a while. My knees were like, let, we are very tired. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> so, you know, um, yeah, but it's good to feel like some of that back. Cause I considered with Sheltui the essentially week and a half that I took off before and the two weeks and a day completely off afterwards i took almost off a complete month of running perfect before and after shelter we so perfect um, it worked I, I also want to give that context because i i just like being real about it like i did a cool fkt thing and i i paid for it and am slowly getting reimbursed but you know <laughs> i had a whole thing Oh my God, you're going to explode into the sun. No, you really are on the slingshot. <laughs> I realized that I was either going to have to go into a baby coma or chug a whole bang in order to do this podcast. But I feel great. I feel great. I feel great right now. I can't believe this has never come up before, but we'll have to, uh, we'll have to take some bang with us for interlupal shope. Yeah, I'm more, I'm more interested in whiskey. I mean, whiskey chase with bang would be fine. But I think yeah. I'll pick it with me. Oh, yeah. I'll just yeah. sippies. We should talk about Shope Logistics soon. Yeah. That sounds <laughs> juicy. See, you're in the fucking flame shot. That sounds juicy.
Flippity. <laughs> Put on your life helmet. Um, All right. Okay. Uh, until next time. We are. Bye. Bye. Bye.